0: Chris and I watched the uh well we started watching a movie a little while back, about a couple weeks ago, and uh we just watched part of it because we as we started watching it, we realized, you know, we're we're really not getting into this. You know, there there's nothing that, that's captivating us here. And uh, you know, we were maybe too tired, maybe there were other distractions, things that were were more worthy of our attention than, than this movie i don 't even remember the movie 's name to be honest <laughs> i haven 't really given any thought, but uh, you know we just we just weren 't captivated and uh, you know a good movie a, a good book when you read it uh, it requires you to to pay attention to it. It requires you to you know, get into the story, so to speak you know you, you appreciate the the characters the the storyline, you know, the, the, the artful way that the movie was produced or, or the book was written. And, uh, you know, when I, when I read a, a book that I really like, what do I do later after I'm finished with the book? I think about it. Or if I see a movie that's, that's really good, that really has a good message, you know, maybe uh, next week I'll, I'll be thinking about, about it you know maybe maybe I want to watch it again to see if I missed anything the first time, and uh yeah, I like to approach God's word the same way, approach god's word with uh with a heart of anticipation and and focus you know get get into it, put myself into this story, don't get distracted with with other things. Uh, You know, I want want the the Word of God to affect me. I want it to change me. I want it to uh, take root in my heart and grow, and I want to bear fruit as a result of God's Word. And Jesus is going to talk about this very thing in chapter 4 of uh, Mark's Gospel account. And so as we continue, uh, you know, we again see the crowd pressing in on Jesus. Uh, Mark, the first couple uh, verses of Mark 4, it says he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land and he was teaching them many things in parables so remember remember from the last time we talked about how the how this crowd was was crushing in on on Jesus you know we the, the these people the crowds had heard about the things that Jesus had done you know Demons being cast out, people being healed, people blind, people receiving their Uh, sight—amazing, extraordinary things, you know. And they're crushing in him so much that the disciples say, "Let's just let's get a boat for him. He he can just preach from from offshore, kind of a kind of a floating stage there." And so, as chapter four begins, he's on this boat, and uh, significantly, it says he's sitting. He's sitting and teaching. Now, the sitting position for a rabbi is, is a teaching position. It's a, it's a position of teaching authority. And uh, Mark says that Jesus is teaching many things in parables. Uh, you, know, you know what a parable is. It's a, it's a word picture. It's an illustration or uh, a figure of speech that is used to demonstrate or, or teach a truth. Jesus liked to teach in parables uh in the, in the gospel in the gospel accounts uh there's there's over 50 parables that that Jesus gives to to teach various things various concepts and um you know I, I think what happens a lot of times you know, especially those of us who've, who've grown up in the church and we've, we've heard the, the Bible stories and the parables over and over again, we can kind of become calloused and we, we read a, or, or hear a parable and we go, yeah, 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 I know that one. You know, I know that one already. So familiar that, that we may skim over it uh, without, even, without even slowing down to, to contemplate what's being taught in this. You know, to see some of the, the beauty that uh, is from Jesus' teaching. Things that God wants us to see. I was, I was given a book when I first started seminary. I got it in the mail from the, uh, the president of uh, Dallas Seminary. And uh, it, was, it was by a professor there, Howard Hendricks. And it, it was about studying the Bible. It's called Living by the Book. There's a copy of it in the prayer room, by the way. It's a really good book but you know he he talks about this tendency that we have to become overly familiar with with God's word with with parts of the scripture that are that are familiar and he suggests that we when we read the bible that we always strive to read God's word with with fresh eyes read it like it's the first time you've you've read this he gives a story an example about when he was uh somewhere i think maybe in the military and his his wife would would write a letter you know and he he just reread that letter over and over again you know just to see did i did i miss anything did i you know was there some nuance that that i that i should should see in in that letter you know and god's word really is a love letter to to us we should never become so familiar that we just skim over verses and passages, you know, so uh, maybe it's a, maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe it's a guy thing. I hate to admit it, but here it is. Sometimes Chris will say something to me. My wife, Chris, she'll say something and I'm sitting there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I'm not getting it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of hearing it, but uh, I'm, I'm not really hearing it. I'm not really listening. I'm not engaged in in what she's saying, and I, I dishonor her when I do this. And I'm working on that. I realize I need to work on it more. But we dishonor God's word when we do this same thing with His word when we just hear it and go, "Ah, uh-huh, yeah, right. I, I know that one. You know, let's 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 move on." You know, too casually, too too much disinterest. So, remember, this is God's word. It's living and powerful. You know, it gives life. We need to read scripture thoroughly and thoughtfully. We need to rely on, on the Holy Spirit when we read the Bible. We should be praying as we're, as we're reading through scripture. We, we need to let its power transform us. Change us. And so the whole point of this sermon here is very simple. We need to hear and receive God's word. Hear and receive God's word. And Jesus demonstrates it with this parable that Merritt read. Uh, Listen, verse 3. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil (coughs) and immediately it sprung up. Since it had no depth of soil and when the sun rose it was scorched and since it had no root it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain and other seeds fell on the soil that produced no grain. Good soil. Good soil. I, I read that wrong. Other seeds fell onto good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, He who has ears, let him hear. Now, if you were to read this for the very first time and you didn't have the explanation, you'd never gone to Sunday school, you'd never heard a sermon about this, what would you think this is all about? Farming. <coughs> You know, maybe maybe you think this is a little vignette that uh, is illustrating uh, agricultural techniques that were used in uh, the the near Middle East in the first century. You might you might think that it's meant to show that uh, we're wasteful people. You know, if we if we sow seed indiscriminately, we're going to waste a lot of it, and we should be more careful about where we plant our seed. Um, of course, I think we all know that. That's not the answer, because Jesus gives us the answer a little, little later. He's using this parable to teach his disciples of something very important. First of all, we need, we need to hear. Notice he starts out with this one word. Listen. Some translations will say hear. And it's a Greek word that means listen or hear. Real simple. And this, this word, this, this same word appears 13 times in, in chapter 4. You know, it, it has to do with receiving news or information about something. You know, learning about something. Hearing needs to be an active process. It's not something that we can do passively. He's saying, this is important. Engage your mind. Think about what I'm saying. Listen, this is something important that's, that's coming up that I'm going to say. I'm going to talk about. Give me your undivided attention. Remember in second grade, Mrs. Ard many times would look at me and say, Tim, put on your thinking cap, because I'd be distracted. And not only does he begin by saying, listen, what does he end with? That very last verse that I read says, he says, he who has ears to listen, listen, he who has ears to hear, here. And, you know, the Jews would have been familiar with that. Uh, the the Shema in Deuteronomy, how does that start out? Here. Listen. Listen, Israel. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your, and your strength. Listen. Here. This is important stuff. And so Jesus starts this this parable in the exact same way that God started that, that word. Listen here. You know, and the Shema goes on to talk about how important God's words are. So important that parents need to talk about it all the time, whether you're in the road or in the field working or you're at home or, or whatever. No matter what the context is, no matter what the circumstances are, when you're around your kids, you talk about this. You know, raise them up raise them up it's important you know this is a responsibility we have as as parents it's a god-given responsibility to make sure that our children know god's word he who has ears let him hear so you get the idea maybe this is important you know that he, he begins and ends with, with essentially the same thing now listen how the disciples responded in verse 10 it says when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything is in parables, so that, and this is a quote, they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? You might read that and think, wow, that's kind of weird. Uh, you know, he, he seems to be saying, I'm, I'm teaching in parables so that people won't get my meaning. Does it kind of sound like that? So they won't understand? It seems like he's saying that he's, he's withholding the truth. He's withholding the, the meaning because he doesn't want to allow outsiders in. On the surface, you might, you might see that, but that's not what he's saying here. You know, this is a quote, by the way, from Isaiah chapter 6, and we can understand it within the context in which he's saying. Remember, the crowd is pressing in. They're crushing on Jesus. He's surrounded by people, this, you know, thronged by this, this mass of people who've seen the things that Jesus is doing, the miracles. They want to see a show, but, you know, they're really not interested in Jesus. They're not interested, many of them, in what Jesus has to say. They're not interested in being his disciples and following them or following him and, and being like him. they're not interested in his message, and you know what Jesus is saying is he's using parables as, as sort of a filter. You know the people who are really interested in him or to what he has to say, are going to get something out of it. The people who aren't are not going to get anything. They're not going to ask themselves what does this mean? They're not going to go to someone else and ask what it what it means. You know, those are those who are seeking to understand, though, in contrast, they they, they sense the power of God's word. They feel that what Jesus has said is important. It's something that they need to look into. we are gonna have to go deeper. We're gonna to have to seek understanding. If we just skim over this, we don't get anything out of it. Verse, it, it takes some effort. Look at what verse ten says. You know, it says when, when he was alone, some of the people we don't know how many of them, those around him in the twelve, asked him about this parable. You know, they they want to know, so they're going to go to him and ask him. They're going to go over to Jesus. They're going to go over what he said in, in their minds. You know, the others don't have any interest in knowing. They don't care. And this is what Jesus is saying. He says, here, listen. If you have ears, listen, hear. He says, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? You know, he's saying there's something very significant in this particular parable something very important about this one. He's, he's saying, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand any of the parables. This, this parable, this particular parable is, is very important. It, it holds the key to understanding the other parables. If you don't, if you don't get this one, you're not going to get the other ones. They're not going to make any sense. You know, about a third of Jesus's teaching was, was in parables. And, uh, the importance of this one, here it is, is it has to do with how we, as people, receive God's word. How we, how we hear it, how we apply it, how we, how we let it affect us. Here's what he says in verse 20, to, or excuse me, 14 to 20. He, he explains what this parable means. The sower sows the word. They're the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires and other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfaithful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. So we need to hear... We need to understand but the, the, next, the next step is the, the critical step. That is to receive it. It needs, it needs to take root and grow. God's word needs to take root and grow in our hearts. Now Jesus gives us uh, three elements here. The, uh, the sower, the soil, and the seed. And thank you for the great introduction, Merritt. That, that's great information. I, I could, I, that would have been a good illustration, but you did it for me. Well, let's look at the sower. You know, Jesus didn't say who the who the sower is. You know, it's someone who, who proclaims the word. It's, it's the means by which somebody hears God's word. You know, I'm reminded of Romans 10, 13 through 15, where the Apostle Paul says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but... How then will they call on him who they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him who, have they, who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. You know, the word's got to get out. People need to hear the word. There has to be some means for, for the word to be disseminated, for these uh, seeds to be planted. So, you know, I guess in our days, the, the sower could be a person. It could be a book, it could be just sitting down reading the Bible, it could be watching a video, hearing God's word, no matter how God's word is presenting itself to us. That's the sower. You know, it's, it's interesting that the uh, the sower does sow the seed indiscriminately. You know, the, the seed is scattered all over the place. It's scattered on all different soil types, and the sower doesn't seem to care. I think there's a lesson here for us. Uh, The sower is not worrying about the potential payoff. The sower is not trying to uh, maximize the the production by targeting one subset of, of people or one type of soil. You know, apparently, it's not the sower's job to uh, pinpoint where each seed should go. It's the sower's responsibility just to get it out there, get get God's word out there. You know, maybe maybe it isn't up to us to decide who is worthy of of hearing the gospel. Is is there anybody who's unworthy, who we should not give the God? You are. <laughs> i am too um you know how about a, a how about a muslim should they hear god's word you know we can go on and on we need to love people indiscriminately we need to sow god's word indiscriminately um, there was there was a church in montana uh, our, our town in montana that Came into town, and they they had a, a very narrow focus on the people they wanted to reach. They wanted to reach young people. To the extent that they they appeared to, I, I don't think they would. I don't think they would uh, say that they did this intentionally, but they appeared to uh, really marginalize every all the other uh, age groups, older people, and so forth. You know, it's not. Up to us to target a subset of people. We need to get the word out to everybody. So, you know, in, in any case, the, the sower has been successful in getting the seed out there. That's, that's all he's worried about. The next thing that happens is going to depend on the, the soil. And Jesus talks about four different types of soils. You know, the first one is along the path. The Greek word is haras, the road. It's along the. It's it's packed down and it's hard. You know, it's it's hard for the seed to penetrate. The seed just sits there on the surface. You know, this this serves as a warning that uh, you know the enemy, Satan, is a danger to those who who hear indifferently. The religious leaders at the time of Jesus would probably fall into this category this soil type. They've, they've hardened themselves against the message that, that Jesus had. You know, God's word could not penetrate their religious hardness. This, this religious hard pan uh, that the folks had developed, it was, it was easy for Satan to them, to influence them into not hearing, not giving ear. You know, there's still plenty of people who are like this now. You know, maybe, maybe their hardness is is dead religion. You know, maybe it's a mindset that is is hostile towards God. Maybe it's a, a false religion. You know, I think there are a million ways in which we can harden ourselves to to God's word. You know, this this situation seems to describe the uh, the unbeliever primarily, but I think this could be also applied to to believers. You know, how how receptive are we or how non receptive are we when we hear god's word you know, how, do any of us have a, a wall of pride which keeps god's word from penetrating the soil well the second type of soil is is rocky soil the the seed in the rocky ground it 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 does spring up and it does start to uh, send roots down, but the roots can't uh, go very far. The word springs up, Jesus said, and the person receives the word joyfully, but the, the soil is shallow. The, the, roots ha- the roots can't get the moisture they need. The roots can't get the, uh, the nutrients they need from the soil. And so when the when the good times of, of joy are are over and uh, hard times come, tribulation or, or persecution, the person just withers, the plant shrivels. You know, it's a it's a shallowness that, that gives up everything when things are not going the way the, the person wants. It's it's too hard. Why is why is God doing this to me? Why is God allowing this to happen? I don't want anything to to do with Him. You know, He He's He's persecuting me. You know, people get mad at God. You know, one time or another, we're all going to face hardships. We're all going to have uh, difficult times. And you know, this this talk about this rocky ground serves as a warning that uh, our faith needs to run deep. Our faith needs to run deep in order to endure. Well, the third type of soil is, uh, it's not infertile. The soil actually looks pretty good, but the problem is there are a bunch of weeds. The good seed is ultimately choked out by the weeds. You know, the, the person actually hears the word, but he doesn't allow it to, to work in his life, or or at least not for very long. You know, the, the cares of the world, Jesus said, the the deceitfulness of riches, the the desire for other things, just kind of override our our desire for the word. Many many things can distract us from from hearing from God. You know, for instance, um, you know it's it's good to work hard. It it is. It's good to make a living. We we need to, but it's not good for our work to become so important that it. blocks out our, our relationship with God. You know, we, we can become too busy to, to hear from God. We can become too distracted to let, to let the word work in our lives and, and bear fruit. You know, we can be obsessed with things. We can be uh, obsessed with things like financial security and the amassing of, of wealth. You know, it's, just, it, it's a matter of priority. Well, those are the three uh, bad soils. The last is the good soil. You know, the, the good here welcomes the word gladly, immediately, so that it can't be snatched up by Satan. The, the person receives the word of God. It accepts what God has to say and, and makes it his or her own. Yeah, we we need to own it. When we when we get into God's word, it needs to just become part of us. You know, the the good hearer welcomes it so deeply that it doesn't wither because of persecution. It's not choked out. Does not hear with with indifference, but is captivated by God's word. And this person keeps hearing, keeps listening, has a desire to hear more and more and more of the word, letting letting the word sink in, letting the word work in their life, letting it letting it bring life, letting it draw them closer to God. You know, walking with God. What's the result? The seed takes root, it grows, and it bears fruit. This is the only soil type which uh, fruit is is born in verse twenty uh, in in the e s v it says they they accept it they accept god's word the uh, The Greek word means to receive to accept this word though when it, when it's when it's used towards uh or in, in reference to a person though I, I love this. It is to accept the presence of someone in a hospitable manner. You know, think of, think of inviting a, a person into your home, saying, you know, this, come on in, this is your home, make it make it your home, and we'll do everything we can to supply your needs. That's, that's kind of the attitude toward, towards the word that we need to have, to, to invite it into our heart with hospitality. So the first three types of soil don't allow for growth and maturity of the seed. You know, what, what's the problem? You know, in, each, in each case, it's, uh, you know, the seed is, is kind of squeezed out, whether it's a depth problem or being choked out by weeds. You know, in the first soil, the seed just dies. It doesn't produce anything because it doesn't go into the soil at all. You know, seeds do not grow on, on rocks. The second soil doesn't produce life because it doesn't go deep enough. You know, the seed germinates, but uh, seeds don't do well if they can't put down roots. Third seed goes deep enough, but uh, it, it goes really at the same level as the weeds and thorns. The The seed sprouted, it grew up, the weeds choked it out. You know, other other concerns are are just as important, or more important than God's word in, in this person's life, in this person's heart. You know, in, in every single case, the word just doesn't go deep enough. It's 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 a matter of depth. And so we have the sower, we've got the soil. Let's look at the seed. And uh, I, again, I appreciate what you said. You know, the seed is small. Yeah. You know, I, didn't, I couldn't see the seed from where I was sitting. But it contains potential. That, that little seed contains all the information that's required for this plant to grow up and develop. All the information is in that seed for how its roots are going to grow, what the structure of the plant is going to be, how that plant is going to live and survive and grow into something significant and, and fruitful. It's a small thing, but it has great potential. There's a story from uh, G. Campbell Morgan. He, he visited a grave in Italy, Italy and uh, over this grave was a, a large granite slab. And it seems an acorn had sprouted underneath of this, this slab at some point. And, you know, it doesn't seem like an acorn would be a, a match for a big granite slab, but soon the acorn Grew into an oak tree, which split the slab. And and there's a large oak tree right there between two pieces of granite. You know, the acorn is is small and it, it seems weak, but it you know contains the the power of a, of a mighty oak tree. And this is how God's word works in our lives. He he chooses a seed. It's small. It's weak. It's a it's a tiny, tiny thing, and you know Tim Keller says you don't you don't drop a seed in the the ground saying bombs away. Because you, you, know, you drop a seed and you can't even find it after you've dropped it, and you know three out of four soil types are going to result in in nothing at all. Let's wrap this up. The uh, you know this this first parable that Mark records is is very instructive to us. Jesus really stresses that we hear, that we listen, that we that we prepare to hear God's word, prepare to hear the gospel. You know, and we, we can't deal with the word passively. It's it's an active process and it brings life to those who receive it. You know, for those who have the right soil, the right depth. So let's hear and receive God's living and powerful word let's pray well oh, no let's I've got a psalm first a few verses of psalm 1 that I wanted to read and it's, it's a beautiful picture of this blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night He's like a tree planted by the streams of water. It yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. And all he does, he prospers. So, yeah, I guess we need to ask ourselves, how, how's the soil of our hearts? How's the soil of your heart? Is it receptive to God's word? Yeah, um, the Apostle Paul in Colossians 3.16 says, commands us to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly let the word of Christ dwell in you richly you know that involves hearing and receiving let's pray uh, our father we we thank you that you have uh, seen fit to uh, speak to us with your word. You've given us the, the holy scriptures by which we're given the answers to all the problems and, and issues that, that we may encounter. Lord, you reveal yourself through your word. So let us uh, let us have fertile soil for your word to grow in us, to, to richly dwell in us so that we might uh, truly be fruit bearers and uh, Lord forgive us forgive us for the times that we've hardened our hearts against your word forgive us for the times we've we've let other circumstances and uh, distractions prevent us from reading your word receiving it in our lives so Lord we we want to welcome your word into our life Lord let us let it affect us. Let it change us to make a difference in, in the way we are, in the way we live. Let it uh, inform the way we relate to others. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.